With Metro by T-Mobile, your hard-earned money goes further. This tax season, there's zero fees to switch. Enjoy Metro's lowest price. Just 25 bucks a line for four lines. Plus, get four free Samsung Galaxy phones when you switch. Now that's the best deal in wireless. Metro by T-Mobile, empowering you to rule your day. All lines lose promo rate if any deactivates. No fees on select phones. Limit one per line with eligible port. Excludes sales tax. Limited time offer. Additional terms apply. See MetroByTMobile.com. Hello and welcome to Off the Bench XLR Lander University Radio. My name is Jameson Harta, alongside with Hayden Joyner. We are your co-host of Off the Bench. We are here every single Wednesday from 4 to 5 right here. You listen to In the Calf uh, and Willie Taka, or not <laughs> Willie Taka, you listen in Witch Witch, Twisted Taka. Uh, you can go to the President's Office, wherever we're listening. We're so glad that you are listening. We're also on Radio FX. You can download the app, go to the search bar, and type in Off the Bench, uh, and we're on there. Um, so we are we are on Off the Bench on podcasts, Spotify, Apple Music, you name it, we're on there. Uh, Instagram, Facebook, go and like us, follow us, and all of the all that social media stuff. But we got a lot of stuff to talk about in college football. The top seven teams in the college football playoff rankings stayed the same as last week. Mm-hmm. You've got LSU at number one, Ohio State number two, Clemson at number three, and number four is Georgia. If the season were to stop right now and they were heading into the playoffs, that is your top four. They are going to be playing to go to the national championship. Ohio State and Clemson would be playing each other to get into the the, na- the national championship, and then uh, LSU and Georgia would play each other to get into the national championship. And Alabama and Oregon fall to six or five and six, so they would be out. But luckily, the season is not over yet. Still, a lot of football left to go. We've got a lot of conference championships. We've got. Two weeks left of the regular season. You've got this coming week. Uh, a lot of teams have a bye. I know Clemson and South Carolina. So if you're in the state listening to us, both of those teams are really big, heavily populated in this state. And uh, so they're both on the bye. But then the following week is the big rivalry between Clemson University and the University of South Carolina. Hayden, what do you think about all of this college football? You've got Tua, you've got Penn State, you've got Baylor, undefeated Minnesota, Penn State, and Ohio State this weekend. What do you take of all this? I mean, we certainly got some really exciting matchups this next week with the Ohio State-Penn State. It's a big game as well. But uh, my favorite thing this past weekend in college football was the uh, Oklahoma-Baylor game, really. I mean, coming Excellent. back coming back from a 28-3 deficit, I mean, sitting at – Sitting, I think it was like it was half. It was that square at halftime, or it might have been a little worse at halftime. But I mean, I was I looked at that game, and everyone, everyone I know thought Oklahoma's chances at any any kind of college football playoff were over at that point. But I mean, Jalen Hurts put on an incredible show that game. Ended up bringing them back and getting the win, thirty four to thirty one. So that keeps for the time being, it keeps Oklahoma's playoff chances alive. They're still very slim. They'll definitely need some help. They need the Pac twelve to kind of self implode, really. 
to to boost Oklahoma ahead, but they still need a lot of help. But um, with the top, I think it was the top the top seven staying the same. Uh, that doesn't really surprise me too much. Uh, a big surprise though to me was that Penn State didn't end up jumping Minnesota, even though just a couple weeks ago Minnesota did beat Penn State. So that's that's that is a a move that I've, I've seen a bunch of debate about, and certain and certainly so as Minnesota did beat Penn State, but. Uh, the whole the whole thing with the college football committee saying how the common opponents with uh, with Iowa and how Penn State was able to go to Iowa and beat Iowa earlier in the year opposed to Minnesota losing to Iowa uh, that the common opponents kind of makes a play there but that was definitely interesting to see but like like what I just mentioned those eight nine and ten teams Penn State Oklahoma Minnesota all had really interesting really interesting matchups this past week and those were real, those were the only three teams in the top ten to to move at all so certainly something to look out for yeah and. Speaking of Penn State, their quarterback after their loss got Sean Clifford. Penn State's quarterback, Sean Clifford, says he deleted social media after death threats. Are you kidding me? College football got that big that people threatened their own team's quarterback to kill them. I mean, death threats. And so Penn State Penn State uh, quarterback uh, Sean Clifford said Tuesday that he shut down his social media presence after receiving death threats and bullying comments following the, the Lions' first loss of the season to Minnesota on November 9th. That, to me, is just... Unbelievable. I mean, I mean that's that, that's criminal. I, I, in my opinion, I think that's a criminal offense. Uh, that that's just ridiculous. Over a football game, and he just lost the game. That that's that's just unbelievable. Um, absolutely, just mind blowing. I mean, somebody had the nerve and had the audacity to threaten. A quarterback, a a guy in his teens or early twenties, his life is being threatened because there's some idiotic fan for Penn State um, that deserve that is so dumb enough to threaten his his team's quarterback, and I I I don't get it. I to me, in my opinion, uh, I think he should go to the state pen instead of going to Penn State. <laughs> I mean, that was a good one. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, you hate to, you hate to see it, but sadly, it's a part of all sports. Fans get worked up. Fan diehard fans will get worked up over a loss. Um, me personally, if you're saying death threats to your best to your team's quarterback, I don't see if you, I don't think you're a true fan of the sport at all. Uh, but nah. again, you, you hate you hate to see it. It happens. It happens in every sport. Uh, people just you know. Parents, fans, no matter what league it is, NFL, Little League, anything, there's going to be people angry at the refs, angry at the players, and uh, you, you just hate to see it. And, he, I mean, he deleted his social media. I don't, did he just delete the apps to not uh, to not hear about it, or did he delete accounts? Like what? No, I, I, don't, I don't think he's going to delete the accounts. He probably just deleted the apps and cut off all notifications. Yeah. Uh, but that's that's something that, that most – that almost – all teams do. Um, I know. I know Clemson um, because I just I'm an active follower of the team. But I know they they 
they shut off all social media. They're off of every single piece of social media for the entire season that they play football. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's the way it should be. If they're really committed and they really want to focus on the game, then yeah, uh, that, there's no problem with that. I yeah. think I think that's um, the right thing to yeah, do. Is I just, don't blame them at all. I mean, it's just cutting out distractions of the team. You know, yeah. If you're if you're constantly having people's phone, all the players' phone buzzes on people adding them and critiquing them on Twitter and stuff, it's definitely going to cause rows. Even even if people, even if they claim they're ignoring it, I mean, just d- bad comments in general are going to dig deep at some point. So it's a good thing to keep it off the tracks. And uh, sadly for Sean Clifford here, he. Had to delete it immediately after getting death threats, which, I mean, losing to a rival Minnesota team, who is a good team. It's not like they, they choked yeah. something awful. I mean, yeah. so some people, I mean, Penn State, that was Penn State fans, they wanted to win, but they lost. So you got to kind of you gotta deal with that. And sending death threats to your star quarterback is not the right way to deal with it. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you 100%, Hayden. Let's, let's go back to the top. Let's go back to the top and uh, and talk about the college football rankings. Let's talk about Georgia here. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't think that Georgia should be at the number four spot. Alabama, a lot of people out think that Alabama should be at number four. Alabama had a has is a one loss team, but and they lost to the number one team LSU. Georgia, on the other hand, has two top 10 wins but they lost to South Carolina mm-hmm. so how do you balance this out I mean it is an interesting play because Georgia Georgia has a worse loss but they have better wins and vice versa Alabama has worse wins but a better loss since they lost to LSU who's currently number one in the standings so it's it's interesting it's like one team strong in one area one team strong in the other area I think what's going to come down to this is how well Alabama can play with Mac Jones the rest of the season whether he can carry this team to two more wins especially since they have a tough game uh this upcoming this upcoming weekend I believe against uh or not this upcoming weekend, but a couple weekends from now against Auburn, and that's going to be a big game. Auburn, Auburn really is going to play a part in this because Georgia just beat Auburn this past weekend, and then Auburn has to go, or Alabama has to go to Auburn in a couple weekends, and so I, I mean, with Georgia winning against Auburn, it's going to be very tough for Alabama to make that jump unless Georgia can lose. I mean, either in the SEC championship or prior to that, really. Yeah, um, with Tua being out for Alabama. I I don't I I think the committee we we're seeing what the committee act, actually believes. The committee is taking it one week at a time, and right now I think Georgia has been a little bit stronger than Alabama just because their their wins that they've they've won. It was a very bad loss against South Carolina, um, but just poor coaching decisions by Kirby Smart and uh, things of that nature. But Alabama's a good football team. I don't I don't think they're as good as they were last year. I don't think they've been as good as they were in previous years. But Georgia is like like you said they had a very good win uh on Aub- over Auburn this past weekend. But we did see some weaknesses in Georgia's offense. Auburn had a very very good shot to at least tie the game. Uh it was a very um a good good comeback for the freshman quarterback Bo Nix and that Auburn team. But Georgia is struggling, I think, on defense. I think Georgia's biggest weakness is on their defense. And 
And so I, I don't know what the committee is actually seeing here. I think I think they're weighing that two top ten wins over um, uh, Notre Dame and um, Florida earlier on, on in the season, but and then the win over Auburn. But I still don't see that Georgia team like we've seen in previous years either. So I think right now I think Georgia and Auburn are pretty much neck and neck, both one loss teams. Mm-hmm. Um, Georgia and Alabama, you mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah Did yeah. I say Auburn? You said no, Auburn. Okay. <laughs> Georgia and Alabama are the, the that two one loss teams, and uh, I I I think that Alabama is going to get the edge on this one because Georgia's got to play LSU, and if Georgia loses another game, they're out, mm-hmm. and. But you also got to think about Oregon. If Oregon wins out, and they've got some tough teams coming up, um, and so Oregon could potentially jump Alabama because earlier on in the season they did have that one loss, that that loss to Auburn, um, and and so we're gonna. There's still a lot of football left to play, but Oregon is. Is definitely a contender in this playoff, and I don't think we should count out Oregon, Alabama, Georgia. I don't think we should count out anyone, no. even Oklahoma. They've 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 rallied. They've they've not been playing their best football for sure, uh, like we saw really early on in the season. I don't think Jalen Hurts is that uh, front runner for the Heisman now, mm-hmm. but I think we have seen a lot better teams play a lot better, um, and so I think Oregon. Is a is a clear candidate for that fourth spot. I, I don't think they'll go any further. Uh, and you could, I mean, you could see anything happen. I mean, I don't, I don't see LSU losing to Georgia. Um, I don't see Ohio, uh, Ohio State could lose. Yeah, got to Penn State, State yeah. this weekend, and that's a huge game for them. Penn State has nothing to lose, mm-hmm. and. And so then you also got Clemson. They everybody's say they have a cupcake schedule. Uh, we can go there. We can't. Whatever. But there's still so much that can happen. I still don't think that we've seen that top four. I think I said this last week. I don't think that we've seen that top four that's going to make it to the playoffs. I, I just don't think that we've seen it yet. I mean, I really do think the, so. top, the top three are set in stone. If nothing else happens, the top three are set in stone with LSU, Ohio State, and Clemson, respectively. Um, but, I mean, looking from four to really nine, or really to ten if you can include Minnesota, you can make a situation where any of those teams could make that four spot. I mean, if you, I mean, it's the further back you get, the way more unlikely it is. But there's still a realistic shot because, I mean, you still have Penn State, Oklahoma, Minnesota, Oregon, and Utah, and Alabama all sitting at one loss. And, I mean, if they can make some kind of jump happen, it can work. I mean, if you look at Oklahoma, Penn State's ahead of Oklahoma and State's number eight. Penn State could lose this upcoming weekend against Ohio State. That's going to drop Penn State back, move Oklahoma up. Mm-hmm. And then, barring something, something could happen where either Oregon or Utah lose in these one of these next few games before the conference championship. And then, say, Oregon loses for just hypothetically. That makes them a two-loss team playing the one-loss Utah in the Pac-12 championship. And then, say... Oregon wins that, that means the Pac-12 champion is a two-loss team, and the loser of the Pac-12 championship is also a two-loss team, mm-hmm. and that could make Oklahoma go above all of them if Oklahoma can somehow come out and win the Big Ten, or the Big 12, 
So, I mean, there's always situations that can still happen. It's it's very unlikely. And then rel- same thing with Penn State or Minnesota. If Penn State or Minnesota can somehow win out their conference still, even with one loss, that would make Ohio State a one-loss team with Penn State or Minnesota beating them in the in the uh, conference championship. So there's still, like like you said, there's still a bunch of football to be played. We've kind of been saying this as a mantra all week. There's still a bunch of football to be played, a bunch of scenarios to, to come out, and it's just going to be interesting to see what exactly happens. Because, I mean, every year we make up, Analysts make up these crazy hypothetical situations where some team from like number ten could jump all the way up in in the last couple of weeks, and usually it never works out. Uh, I'm hoping one day it will, just to have some crazy something crazy happen in the college football playoff instead of just the uh, the four front runners always making it in. Rightfully so, though, but making it in, I'd like to see some kind of wild card team jump in randomly make some kind of comeback the closest thing i can think of was when ohio state won that first year as number four seed uh not many people thought ohio state was going to win that championship back in 2014 i believe or something like that. it was 20 i think it's uh yeah 20 it was, like the, it was the first 2013 year. i think it was 2013 14, or 14 yeah it was probably the 2013-14 season that was the first year of the college football playoff so that's the closest thing i can think of happening with like some wild card team that, they were just even the four seed and they were a good team that year so Certainly is interesting. Georgia at number four is is still has an asterisk on it to me. Uh, I don't think they're going to finish there. Georgia Georgia could easily if they lose to LSU, it's going to be interesting for the committee to see how they keep them if they keep them there or not. Since LSU is number one team, they have a quality loss, but they'll still have two losses, and Alabama has one. And so Alabama still has a relative shot. But like you said, I don't know if Alabama is going to be able to hold their own when it comes to a Pac-12 champion with one loss in either Utah. Or Oregon. The only thing Alabama could have with them is a great schedule, but they really haven't had a good schedule this year. They haven't don't have really a quality win besides Texas A and M. They could have had it with LSU, but they lost to LSU a couple weeks ago. So, lot lot like that four through eight range really is interesting. Yeah, there's still a lot of football left to play. Like we've said thirty times now. I think we've said it in the last five minutes. In the last hundred times in the last yeah, five episodes. Yeah. So. Um, and so. So yeah, we, we there's a lot of football love to play, and uh, the rankings are always giving us some some good topics to talk about. You know, you like that uh, that those topics. Now let's jump down to the number fifth seed team, Alabama. Alabama played Mississippi State this past weekend. They beat them thirty eight to seven, thirty eight or thirty eight three, mm-hmm. and Tua Tagovailoa is hurt and out for the season. He has a he has a dislocated hip and uh surgery went well. He had a successful surgery on this past Monday and he is officially out for the season. Mississippi State is a terrible football team. They're terrible. Everybody knows it. Mm-hmm. Bottom end of the SEC as usual. The thing the thing I don't understand is Nick Saban. I don't understand why is Nick Saban playing Tua Took of Iloa in a game that doesn't matter. You, he should not. He should not have played this past Saturday, and he should not be playing this coming Saturday. They have Arkansas. They, he should be resting because he was already hurt. He had a left ankle sprain. They, he was already questionable for the game, and then coming into the game, he hurts his hip. Well, we already know that Tua is very fragile. Tua is a very fragile quarterback. I mean, he's hurt every single year. He's already had three injuries this year. So, I don't understand why is Nick Saban playing Tua. I mean, he does. He has no business in this game. This is a backups game anyways. Miss, they were guaranteed a win. Then, 
You've got Arkansas next week. Arkansas is a nobody. They already fired uh, uh, Chad Morris, former offense coordinator at Clemson. And then you've got Auburn game. That's whenever he should be coming in and playing. So he should have at least three weeks of recovery if he did not play Mississippi State to recover for the Iron Bowl, the Auburn and Alabama game, one of the most anticipated games of the whole entire season. And so I just don't understand why is Tua Tagovailoa in this game. He has no business being there. He he, he shouldn't have even been on the sidelines because he was probably going to get hurt if somebody ran into him. <laughs> and so I, I, I don't understand Nick Saban's theory. Uh, he had absolutely no business playing in that game. And he should have definitely been um, sidelined uh, for that game, at least, at least. I actually, I never, I hadn't heard this scenario until you just brought it up about the uh, about Tua sitting, sitting, sitting for this game. I just, had, I never thought about that. I hadn't heard anything about it, but it does make sense to me. Yeah, uh, Mississippi State has been a bad or a bad NFL team, a bad college team since really like back in twenty. 15-13, that area with like Dak Prescott, their quarterback, when they were number one in the country, I believe, for one season. But they haven't been good since then. And, yeah, I think you're right. They should have rested him. I mean, Mac Jones is still a, a good quarterback. I mean, if you're back at Alabama, you're still a very good quarterback. And uh, and he certainly could have led them to a win against Mississippi State, allowed them to rest, rest uh, Tua. But I guess, I mean, whatever was going through Nick Saban's mind, I'm guessing it was just keeping him fresh, trying to just work off that injury, I guess. But, I mean, I guess you're right. It doesn't make too much sense to me. Uh, I mean, Nick, Nick Saban's a good coach. He probably knows what he's doing. But if this was a lapse in judgment or something – I mean, maybe maybe we didn't know. Maybe he healed better than we thought. He was he was looking good. I mean, he was he was playing good in the game before. He was fourteen to eighteen, two fifty six, and two touchdowns before he ended up getting injured and getting off the game. But I mean, I'm watching I'm watching the play right now, and it was like he got just sandwiched by two two. Yeah, defenders. I mean, it was it was it was a clean tackle. It was a clean tackle. It just he landed funny on his hip, pushed dislocated a bit, and I mean that's that's a bad injury. Uh, certainly, it will take him a while to recover from that, and whether or not it hurts his draft chances in the NFL is certainly something to to look at because I, don't, I mean with all his injuries this year, I don't know if teams are really going to want to push for him. I mean, there's been the whole motto all year in the NFL for tank hashtag tank for Tua, and right now it's looking like hashtag. Bank on Burrow because people are going to want to get Joe Burrow for number one pick instead of Tua now. Well, well, the thing is, Tua still has one more year of eligibility. He does. He he, and I think it, depending on if he if he did not play in the in all of the games. So, so what what the rule is? I'm it's going. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a little detour here. So, if if he did play his freshman year a lot, then he has one more year of eligibility. But if he only played four games in four games his freshman year, which I'm not sure what exactly he did, then he has a possibility of two more years of eligibility because he's right now a junior. And what makes him have that one extra year of eligibility is if he if you only play in four games – in a season, then you can redshirt, and then that gives you one more year of eligibility. So he, I'm not sure of what Tua's circumstance is, but I'm pretty sure, I know for sure he has one more year of eligibility because the year that Alabama played Georgia in the national championship, that was his freshman year. 
Well, then last year was his sophomore year. He lost to Clemson in the national championship. And then this year is his third season, which that makes him a junior in college. So he's going to have one more year of eligibility. So I think if I was him, I would take one more year to develop his his uh, muscles and develop his all-around body because he can throw the ball very well. Everybody knows he can. But he has never shown us toughness. I mean, he is... He has been hurt every single season, and I don't know if it's bad luck or it's just he's just not physically ready to play in college football. But Tua, I think Tua needs to stay one more year, so he doesn't have to go to go to the in. He can after your junior year, you can um, enlist into the NFL draft, so he can go into the NFL draft. But I don't, I don't. I don't think it's going to be a smart decision for Tua, but um, uh, luckily I'm not in the situation, and I'm not Tua Tagovailoa myself. So, um, but I, I know that he will get picked. He will be on an NFL team in the future. Uh, I'm just not sure exactly what team and when that will be. But I think if he's smart, he will stay in college for one more year to really show his full uh, capabilities, and I, I don't think after this injury, I, I really don't think that he should enlist in the draft now. Mm-hmm. So um, that's what that's what I think about that. Yeah, I I agree with you. I think he should he should take another fourth year. I mean, he was playing great. I th- he was going to be a top top five pretty much pick, guaranteed top five pick in this draft. But these injuries are certainly going to hurt his draft stock. And I mean, for a player who's injury prone, it, it's certainly something that can be bad for an NFL team looking to draft you. I mean. Just like for instance, look at look at Carson Wentz in the NFL right now. He great prospect. Carson Wentz was a great prospect, number two overall pick, I believe. But um, he, he's had he's had some pretty bad injuries with his back and his shoulder this past couple of years. And since that Super Bowl, uh, the Eagles haven't been the same. So I mean, it's a similar situation. Like teams aren't going to want to bank. NFL teams aren't going to want to bank on a quarterback that's going to be injury prone. So I think you're right. He should take a he should take the, his senior year at Alabama and continue to just work on his body, work on his physique. Uh, get in a little bit better shape and work on his toughness and go all out for a championship again. But, I mean, he has to make sure he doesn't just get more into yeah. next year because it's going to hurt his draft stock. Yeah, for sure. Let's go to our last segment of college football. Penn State versus Ohio State. We we hit on this a little bit earlier in the um, program. Penn State is visiting Ohio State. Like I said, I said Penn State has nothing to lose. Ohio State has everything to lose. What do you take out of this game, Aiden? I, I think that Penn State is going to come ready to play. I, Ohio State is a great football team, don't get me wrong. Um, but I, I'm just not sure. I think they're both really, really good. And Ohio State's going to have to play their best game yet this year to beat Penn State because Penn State's going to come mad. They're going to come furious. And Penn State... Uh, is going to be a tough one for Ohio State for sure, and that is a noon game this coming Saturday. Yeah, I, I mean Penn State. You would think that they're going to come in with a lot of fire. I mean they they lost Minnesota and kind of really did hurt their college football playoff chances there two weeks ago. And then I mean really when they played at home against Indiana last week, they didn't look too spectacular. They ended up they gave away twenty seven points to Indiana, and I just I didn't see very much. That game was really close, really late. So, and Penn State's had a lot of distractions recently with the whole uh, with the whole text message or with the social media stuff we discussed earlier. So, you'd like to think that Penn State would come with the fire. This is going to be a good game, but I really, with it being in Ohio, 
uh, for this game. I really think Ohio State's going to win this by a touchdown or two. I don't no. think it's going to be as close as people are really going to think. And kind of similar to that Wisconsin game we were talking about earlier in the year, I think it was Wisconsin and Ohio State, uh, where you thought Wisconsin was going to come out with some fire after that upset. But I, re- I, don't, I don't think this is going to be the same for Penn State. If they do come out with some fire, uh, good for them. Uh, make a good game of it. I'd love to see a good game, but I just don't see this. I mean, if they lose by 10 or 14, I'm not going to be too surprised. Yeah, it's going to be a really good game. I think it's one of the best games that we're going to see all week. And so uh, Penn State is visiting Ohio State this coming Saturday. It's a noon game kickoff, and uh, that's definitely going to be an exciting one um, uh, this this weekend. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in to X, uh, to Off the Bench XLR. And uh, so we will be back in just a moment. We're going to take a quick break, and then coming up we're going to talk about NFL Colin Kaepernick the Browns, the Texans, you name it, we're going to talk about it in the NFL. So, guys, stay tuned, and uh, we'll be back in just a short moment. Hello and welcome back. We are at Off the Bench XLR Landing University Radio. You are um, listening to us today on this fine Wednesday. We are so happy to be talking to you on this radio show. And uh, we're going to jump right into the NFL. Uh, we've got the Browns. We've got Colin Kaepernick, and we've got our pe- we've got our Week Twelve game picks. Who's pumped about listening to that? Hit us up on uh, social media at Off the Bench XLR, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and uh, we're always on our podcast, iTunes, Google Play, you name it. We got it. All righty, Hayden. Let's dive into the NFL. Your favorite sport? Mm-hmm. I like the college. Let's hit it. All right. Well, I mean, if you—I don't know if anybody watched that Thursday night game against the Browns and Steelers, but if you didn't I watch sure it, did. if you didn't happen to watch it, I'm sure you heard about the last 14 seconds. Because with 14 seconds in the fourth quarter left on the clock, the game pretty much over. The Steelers were working to try to drive, make something of it, but they were 14 points down. There was no chance. Um, during a play, a routine screen pass for Mason Rudolph. He passed it to the left side, and Miles Garrett came around the defensive end for the. Cleveland Browns and brought Mason Rudolph to the ground very slowly and very after the fact of the play and Rudolph did not like that play very much and decided to try to rip Miles Garrett's helmet off and kick him and that caused Garrett to Garrett is a, if you know Garrett Miles Garrett's a much bigger guy than Mason Rudolph uh, sorry for Mason Rudolph but Miles Garrett's like twice the size of him <laughs> yeah. and Miles um, Garrett basically picks him up by his shoulders rips off uh, rips off Rudolph's helmet. He actually was able to get the job done, unlike Rudolph trying to rip off Garrett's helmet. And at this point, two offensive linemen for the Steelers came to back Rudolph up. Rudolph ran around them and shoved Garrett, and Garrett proceeded to swing Mason Rudolph's helmet over an offensive lineman and strike Rudolph in the head. And this, of course, caused a bunch of backlash. One, I can't remember who said it, but one guy said, one analyst said, this is the closest thing to a crime on an NFL field we have ever seen. And certain, certainly it was uh, basically assault with a weapon, uh, kind of an exaggeration at that point. But certainly it was something that the NFL hasn't seen in a long time. Uh, there, was, there was kind of a scuffle about a decade or so ago with Antonio Smith of the Texans and Richie Incognito, who he's still in the league right now, of the Titans at the time where Antonio Smith got the helmet off of Incognito and kind of swung it at him. In the videos, you can't really tell if it hit him, but that's like the one thing it kind of reminds me of. But um, this it's been about a week. It's Wednesday now. This happened uh, on the 14th, so about six days 
passed since this has happened. And Jameson, how do you how do you really feel about this this play? Because as of now, the fines have been given out. Miles Garrett got an indefinite suspension. He's gone for the rest of the year. He's meeting with Roger DeGale, the commissioner, at some point to discuss this. Um, Larry O'Gon Larry. Ogunjabi, I can never say his last name, he got a one-game suspension as well as Marquise Pouncey got a three-game suspension for their involvements as well. So how do you feel about this fight? Do you think these suspensions were well-deserved? What, what do you think the aftermath for the NFL is with this fight? I, I, I'm in, honestly, I'm in disbelief. I think this is the worst, I guess, fight I've ever seen. I've ever seen on a football field. It's ridiculous. You're pl- you're there to play a game, and especially in the NFL, get over yourself. Stop getting on your little pedestal because you think that you're the greatest thing since sliced bread because you make millions of dollars every single day because you're in the NFL. That's called the National Football League. You're a professional now. Get over yourself. You're not a little kid anymore. Stop letting your little temper tantrum and crying all over your mama's floor whenever she doesn't want you to. Whenever you don't want to clean up your bedroom. That's the way I look at it. I think it's ridiculous. Are you are you deciding this towards? I think Rudolph I I or think Garrett? I'll get there. I'll okay, get there. Okay. <laughs> I think I think Miles Garrett and Mason Rudolph both are in complete fault. I think I think that Miles Garrett went above and beyond of what he should have been. If you were the actual adult, then either one of you should have stopped right there. Mason Rudolph, he kept on coming at Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett could have also stopped and also got done hitting his head, or could not could not have hit his head. So I think they're both at fault. But I also, don't, I think it is absolutely absurd to hit somebody with a football helmet. And I don't know if you've ever worn a football helmet or have touched it, whatever. But those things are heavy. They're hard. And they're they're to protect your head for a reason, not to hurt your head. And Miles Garrett, really, uh, I think he made a really big mistake. Uh, I think he is um, at fault for that that occurrence itself. And I think that was crossing the line. That was jumping the fence, and that was really above him. God, I can see getting heated and getting an argument, but taking a helmet off and then going on and hitting the other player with his own helmet i think that is absolutely ridiculous and i think they but they both are at fault but i i think that miles garrett got what he deserved for hitting somebody with the helmet and um but uh i i think i'm very i'm so proud of those offensive linemen for protecting his quarterback i don't care what anybody says I think that is what an offensive lineman should do, and you protect them all during the play and after the play and all all the plays around it. And so I was so proud. I, I'm a former offensive lineman, so I can say this. So I was so proud to see the offensive line protect his quarterback, and that shows a lot of trust and just a lot of um, um, securing the quarterback, you know, because yeah. he's so prestigious. Yeah, I mean, and then lucky, lucky really for for Miles Garrett on his part that when he swung the helmet at Rudolph, it hit him on the soft padded part of the bottom. Yeah. If he had hit him with the crown of that helmet, he could easily could have split his, split Rudolph's head open, and then we'd be in a whole other world of uh, of legal troubles with you know an actual like assault charge happening potentially. So I mean that that was definitely lucky, but the fact I mean it's really hard. You watch the video, and there's you can always have different opinions on who who really instigated this fight because one Miles Garrett brought Rudolph to the ground well off well after the fight happened. Then Rudolph tried to take his helmet off because Rudolph got angry. Then Garrett got angry, actually got the helmet off and swung it. So. Uh, it's a matter of interpretation, but um, 
I, I kind of, it's interesting because I wish I was in my hometown when this happened because, uh, as you know, Mason Rudolph's from my hometown. He actually lived in my neighborhood before he ended up going off to uh, Oklahoma State and, uh, and then getting into the NFL. So I, w- I don't know what the reaction from my hometown is like because this is kind of like one of our, one of our star players from my hometown, Rock Hill, South Carolina. So I definitely would like, would love to see, I've heard a little bit from, from people there, but I'm mean, interesting to see what, how all that was, but, uh. I'm so I'm, I'm glad our hometown heroes are representing us well out in the NFL right now, but uh, I mean this this really jokes aside, it just gives the NFL a bad name. I mean, your NFL's already been dealing with a bunch of troubles about it being a violent league, and then all these other negative things that have come along with them, such as like those anthem protests a couple years ago, the CTE and concussion problems. Just having players assault each other with helmets is just going to give them a bad rap, and. It's certainly something we don't want to see in the NFL, and I think that's why they gave Miles Garrett especially such a hefty punishment because the NFL does not want anything like this ever happening again. And so the punishment to suspend Miles Garrett indefinitely, at least for the rest of the season, seems completely completely worth uh, worth the trouble they're going to go for it to have. But like I mentioned with how NFLs have been getting kind of a negative connotation recently with the whole CT and concussions and anthem protests, the main, the main player in those anthem protests that we all know of is Colin Kaepernick. Not saying he's a negative guy whatsoever, but those did cause a lot of publicity. Uh, not saying he's a negative not guy. Not a negative <laughs> guy. I'm not one to get political here, but that did cause a lot of, a lot of controversy in the NFL with the whole Donald Trump, tweet, Donald Trump statements that happened at that time. But Colin Kaepernick, had, for the past three years, he's been trying to get back into the NFL. And this past Saturday... He held, or the NFL held a workout in Atlanta at the Falcons training facility to house Colin Kaepernick and his team to show off his his uh, his skills to NFL teams, hoping to get him back in the league. And I, it did not go quite the way we all everyone thought it thought it happened. I mean, originally it was planned to be in, in the Falcons training facility. There was about 20, 20 plus teams NFL teams looking to to watch to watch Miles or not Miles Garrett to watch Colin Kaepernick. Uh, perform with his reps, but last second, about I think it was like 30 minutes before his uh, his workout was supposed to commence, he decided to move his move his workout 50 miles away to a high school in Georgia, and only eight teams because of that, only eight teams ended up making the trek uh, to that high school. And I think he got there like he already had his whole team set up. They were all wearing kind of progressive shirts with like mantras that Colin Kaepernick's been saying recently. So. Uh, Stephen A. Smith put it best. This kind of reeks of a PR stunt a bit. So, Jameson, how do you how do you really feel about this, given the whole situation? And do you think he deserves to be on an NFL team? No, I don't. I don't. I do not think that Colin Kaepernick deserves to be on a football team. It's so frustrating with Colin Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick just wants to be in the media. He the media has been so quiet about him so lately because. He doesn't have any headlines. Well, now he's got a headline. He got what he wanted. He wants to be in the news. That's all he wants. He wants to be known. He wants people to talk about him. He's a selfish guy, and he has no idea what he's doing. Who in the world, who in the world, you were going to have a training camp at Atlanta Falcons training facility. You had every piece of technology, equipment, everything right there at your own two feet you had every person piece of every per, per personnel there to help you you had everything you could possibly want at that training facility and yet you decide to move it so close to that 
you just you're so selfish, Colin Kaepernick. And if you listen to this, thank gosh you are because you are selfish, Colin. And the fact that you would change the location and the time so close to whenever you were originally going to have that training little camp or whatever you're going to have is beyond me. You you should have known. You should have been that big guy, and you should have told. You should have told somebody before you. You knew you wanted to have it at a high school. Are you kidding me? At a high school, you had the perfect opportunity during the week: Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. You knew all along where you wanted to have it, but no, you want to try to make a headline. You want to try to make the news, and you want to you want to do something extravagant and whatever you want to do, Colin Kaepernick. And change it. I mean, th- this is selfish. I, I cannot believe so. Even I, one team would show up at this little camp. I don't, do not think that he should. He deserves to be in, um, in on a football team, an NFL team. I don't think he deserves to be in the NFL at all. And I think that it's ridiculous. All he wants to do is, is. Be in the news. He wants to be known. He wants people to talk about him, and that's all Colin Kaepernick wants. Whenever you need on, whenever you're on the Forty ers whenever you took a kneel during the national anthem, that's all you wanted to do is 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 for, to be in the public eye. And so, Colin Kaepernick, your time is done. You're nothing but a fluke, and um, move on from him. He's he's not going to an NFL team. I mean, I I agree with you on the fact on some facts of this. Uh, Colin Kaepernick certainly, I think he. Whether he deserves to be on an NFL team or not is really up for question, but I think skill-wise, he definitely is good enough to be on an NFL team. He's better than most court, a lot of starting quarterbacks in this league right now, uh, at least if you look back at his tape from twenty from, from his Super Bowl years and back since he last played, I think it was in, like, 2017 during the anthem protest. I mean, yeah, he, I mean, you're, you're right about the fact, like, he does want a lot of publicity to himself, but, I mean, that was kind of the fact of his whole protest. That was the reason mm-hmm. he was doing it. He was... He was drawing attention to himself on purpose to get the protests out. So that was that was kind of the key factor to that. But I mean, he's been an unrestricted free agent for three years now, and no teams picked him up anyway. And teams, I guarantee you, teams know about how good Colin Kaepernick is. I mean, if you the videos from the workout, guarantee he did he did good. Teams know. And one of the, I, what I heard was like one of the main reasons they moved facilities, whether this is a lie or not, they one of the things they did was they wanted to be able to video it themselves. They wanted to be able to publicize the videos themselves. And what, what they were doing, what the NFL was allowing if they did it at the Falcons facility was that the NFL already had their own videographers there. They were going to record the sessions and then distribute privately that video to all 32 NFL teams to look at under their own tender. But Colin Kaepernick and his team wanted to be able to publicize their own videos uh, to post. That was the reason they moved it to get out of the NFL spotlight at all. But I mean, really, if, if you think about it, like this was this the NFL set this up. This was a job interview for Colin Kaepernick. This was this was the, for Colin Kaepernick. This is here's your big chance to get back in the NFL, get back what you've been wanting to do for the past couple of years. And basically, if if especially with the interview after the fact when he was saying he basically told all the owners to stop running. Uh, they've been ready for years, and he told them just to stop being afraid. Really, stop being scared to come get me and just own up to the fact that I'm good. That's basically what I told owners in his interview afterwards. And if I was an employer and had someone come in for a job interview and they just called me out and told told me for I was scared to never hire them, uh, I wouldn't put them on my put them on my client list. Uh, I I mean me me personally, I think he's a good, he's a good NFL quarterback. He's definitely qualified to be an NFL quarterback. And I personally, I'd like to see him in the league again. I mean, I think it it, it would be a it would be a good story, kind of. I mean, he's he did his protests, he it did all that he did all that stuff. But I mean, I mean, it'd be fine to me. I'd be fine if he was in the league again. I would not I would not care. I wouldn't go protesting the NFL if he was in the league. But I don't think he's getting back in. Just for every NFL team, 
it's a similar to that Antonio Brown situation earlier in the year. He's just too big of a media distraction. He's too big. He's too too much trouble, and it seems that he just wants to push his own agenda, similar to what Antonio Antonio Brown was doing to the Raiders and the Patriots staff earlier this year. So, because of that simple fact, and because he's a distraction, I just don't think NFL teams are going to lean towards lean towards picking him up on on their squads, even if he's better than their backup quarterbacks. I agree. I agree a hundred percent. But the only thing I don't agree with is. I don't. I don't think that he should. I don't want to see him back in the NFL because all he wants is to be known and pub and he wants publicity. So I disagree with you at that point, Hayden. I don't think he should come back to the NFL, and I don't want to see him back here either. <laughs> so I mean, he is a big mobile quarterback, and uh, there's certainly a bunch of mobile quarterbacks in the league now, and he would fit into a lot of offenses really. So I mean, the interesting thing is like he he's he's needed on a bunch of teams. I think a bunch of teams could really use a guy like Colin Kaepernick. But they're just not going to see it. And, I mean, speaking of mobile quarterbacks, really, they're dominating the league right now. And we saw a big matchup between two of the best ones the other week against the Baltimore Ravens and the the Houston Texans. This is going to be our last one before we get into game picks. But, Jameson, I know you're a huge Texans fan. And, uh, sadly, the Texans got clobbered by the Ravens 41-7 to in Baltimore this past weekend. And so this might be hard for you to discuss because you got beat, but do you see the Ravens, after this victory, dominant victory over the Texans, do you see them as the frontrunners in the AFC? I mean, yeah, they're a really good football team. I just, you know, like I said, um, like I've always said, they're going to be really good in the regular season, and then they get to the playoffs, and they just don't know what to do. Um, so I think Ravens are a very good football team. I really do. Um, I also think the Texans are a very good football team as well. Um, you know, the front runner of the AFC, sure, why not? They've won every head-to-head matchup, almost, I think. And so I think the Ravens right now are probably the number one team right now in the AFC for sure. But um, I, I, don't, I don't see them going anywhere after after they clinch the number one spot, if they do. Yeah, I mean, if they, they'll, they'll, they're pretty much the number one or number two. The Patriots, are still, the Patriots still have them beat in the win column right now. Patriots are 9-1. and one. Ravens are... The Ravens are eight and two, so the Ravens currently hold the second seed in the AFC playoff picture. But I mean, I, I even despite that, I think they're still the best team in the AFC. If any team's going to challenge the Patriots to make the Super Bowl, it's going to be the Ravens. The Ravens are really, in my opinion, the only team that's going to stop the Patriots. It's not going to be the Texans. It's not going to be the Chiefs. All those teams just have too much liabilities really to to push the Patriots past. And I mean, even like the Patriots haven't been that good this year. I mean, did you did you really see did you see Tom Brady Tom Brady at the podium after they beat the Eagles seventeen to ten this past Sunday? Brady just looked disappointed in his team. He looked really Brady looked really frustrated. Uh, I mean, if you watch that game, the offense for the Patriots was lacking like like really bad. They had no run game really. Uh, Brady was missing passes. I mean, their two best receivers are two slot receivers and Julian Edelman and Mohamed Sanu. And yeah, they picked up Sanu this past past couple weeks. But Sanu, he's been a good addition for them, but he's not a deep threat. He's not an elite receiver of the league. So it's the, it, their offense is certainly struggling. They don't have really any star 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 players. And so it's going to be an interesting game this upcoming week. They, uh, Dallas comes to Foxborough, and that's going to be a good game. Best offense in the league versus the best defense. But whether the Patriots can muster up something to beat that, it's going to be interesting, if, especially if they lose that game and the Ravens will end up taking the first seed due to a tiebreaker. Hayden. But Hayden, you never uh, know. Hayden, I'm, so, I'm sorry to say, did you say – did you say the Cowboys has the best offense in the league? Per yards per game, they do. 
Yards per game. Per yards per game. Yeah, okay. statistically. They, they don't have the best offense. Who has the best offense? The Ravens? The Ravens has the, oh, yeah. the amazing offense. I think Ravens rank second yards per game. I, I'm going off pure paper stats here. On paper, it's the number one production offense versus the number one production defense. Patriots allow the least yards per game. Cowboys output the most yards per game. But speaking of these two, speaking of these two teams, they are one of our matchups for our game picks this week, which we will get into now. Uh, I'll just finish on this saying, uh, for the AFC with the Ravens, uh, they're the top runners, I just think. Brady and the Patriots don't have a good offense to match that amazing defense, and so that's their main liability. And then if you look at the Chiefs as another front runner, their defense is awful. They haven't been able to stop the run all year, and then they just clobber the Texans, who I think those three teams are some of the are the main guys to look out for in the uh, the AFC. I'm not even going to get into the Colts or the Bills or any of those teams. I don't think they're uh, as good as their records show. But speaking of, we will get into game picks now. This Thursday night, tomorrow, we have a big AFC South matchup between the two front runners. We have the Colts visiting the Texans. Jamison, you're a Texans fan. How do you see this game going? I see it simply Texans all the way. Uh, Texans are not going to have trouble. Um, they lost to them earlier in the season. Is that right? The Colts beat the Texans? I think, I think so. Yep, the Colts you know better the than Texans. me. <laughs> yep. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the Texans on this one. I don't see the, Tex, uh, the Colts uh, even coming close. I'm, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the away team here. Really, I just said I don't believe in the Colts too much, but it's the regular season still. The Colts with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback aren't aren't gonna be an elite like they were with Andrew Luck last year since he retired. Uh, but the Colts the Colts are finds a way to pull out wins. They're a real gritty team. The loss of Marlon Mack is big, but uh, Naheem Hines and their their backups in the backfield are still good. They showed some flashes last year, so I think it's gonna be a close division game. I take the Texans normally, but the fact that it's a division game on Thursday night on a short week, and the Texans just came off a really bad loss. Uh, the Colts might want to push some momentum on them, and I think it's gonna be a tight game. But I'll, I'll take the Colts on, Colts on this just to kind of you know differentiate our picks a little bit. But uh, also the game after uh, on Sunday, getting to our Sunday games, we have the Seahawks at the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, interesting game being in Philly. I'm gonna take the Seahawks right here. I used to, uh, I, if this was the, two years ago, I'd take the Eagles all day. But Eagles are just not the same anymore, so I'm going to take the Seahawks. Yeah, likewise, I'm going to go with the Seahawks here. I think the Eagles are going to make a game for it. I mean, they, they were able to drag out the Patriots a bit, but the Patriots have a bad offense like they did this past Sunday, so the Eagles were able to drag out that game a bit. I think it's going to, it's going to be somewhat of a fight, but this game's going to really prove if Carson Wentz is able to take the Eagles to new heights after the Deshaun Jackson injury that's been really hurting them all year and been limiting their play. So if the Eagles can get some big plays, they'll be able to win this game, but I'm still going to go with the Seahawks. I like Russell Wilson. He's, top, he's up in the MVP category. And so uh, I think they're going to win. So uh, next game, like we just discussed, speaking of MVP, MVP candidates so far, Dak Prescott is in the fifth spot in MVP candidates, MVP candidates according to NFL.com. And the Cowboys visit the Patriots. Like I said, a booming offense against a booming defense. How do you see this game pulling no out? No question, Patriots. I have nothing to say after. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, I, this is this is a home for me as a Cowboys fan because I, I really do think this is going to be a tough game. We're going to lose. It's going to be really close if we're able to win this. It's going to take a lot out of us to win this game. But, I mean, I'm going to go with the Cowboys here because, simple fact, we had a game just like this last year. If you remember, the New Orleans Saints came into, came into Jerry World last year uh, sitting at 9-1 and one at the time. And we beat them defensive defensive battle. We won 10, 10 to thirteen that game. So Cowboys are able, my Cowboys are able to pull all these ones out every now and then. And if we're able to establish the run game, the Patriots have not been good against the run this year. So if we're able to establish that for once, since we haven't really been able to do it the past two weeks, I think the Cowboys could pull us out if they can really attack that run defense. So I'm gonna go with the Cowboys. So uh, 
All right, we'll see how that goes. But fourth game of the week, the Sunday night game, one of the biggest games of the week. We have, we have some great matchups this week. We really, really do. good matchups. But uh, Packers at 49ers. This was originally, I think, a 4 p.m. game, but it got flexed to Sunday night after both these teams ended up doing good. So Packers visiting the 49ers. How do you see this? I really want to say the Packers, mm-hmm. but I'm going to have to take the 49ers. Uh, right now they're playing really good football, so I'm going to take the 49ers. Um, but I think it's going to be a really, really, really good game. Yeah, likewise, this one, this one's tough for me. I really, I can see this going both ways. So same, same. So, I wish, I've, I wish we bet on the spread because I'd probably take the spread on this game uh, or the over. I don't know. This, this is going to be a more high-scoring game. Aaron Rodgers has ups and downs this year. 49ers as well. Uh, they just, they just struggled a lot against against the Cardinals, being down sixteen to nothing, having to make that comeback. So I'm actually going to go with the Packers this game. I think they're going to be able to. Hand hand uh, the Raven the Ravens hand the 49ers their second loss of the season. They've, the 49ers struggled a little bit after that loss to Seattle and then falling behind against the Cardinals. So I don't know if they've lost their mojo or a bit, but I think the Packers are going to continue to to keep their winning ways going and win this game against the 49ers. And finally, as we both said, the best team in the AFC is visiting the Rams, who just had a really big struggle of a game against the Bears at home. So how do you feel, Ravens at Rams? I want to take the Ravens here. As much as I want the Rams to win, I really do want the Rams to beat the Ravens. But I just don't see their that, that defense of Rams. And then just that offense of the Rams struggling just here and there. So still a lot of weaknesses up on the uh, Rams uh, in Los Angeles. So I'm going to take the Ravens. Yeah, the Rams The Rams against the Bears last Sunday, or last Sunday night looked very poor. They were out Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks. So they were, and Cooper Cup was still kind of injured that game. So they relied heavily on Todd Gurley, who they really haven't used much all year. Uh, but I, I'm going to go with the Ravens here. Their offense is just too potent. Uh, the Rams have really struggled on offense. They have some injuries. I don't know where they're going to; those receivers are going to be come this Sunday. But I'm going to take the Ravens to win this game. And if the Ravens win and the Cowboys end up winning, the Ravens are taking over the number one seed in the AFC playoffs. So. All right, you just now had our week 12 game picks for the NFL season. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us right here on Off the Bench. We are, we're so happy to take up 50 minutes of your time and talk sports with you. If you ever want to talk about any type of sports with us, then we'd love to talk about it uh, right here. Just let us know on our, any of our social media pages, or you can email us as well. Uh, so if you just want to social media us or something like that just go ahead and do that next week we will not be here we are on thanksgiving break so uh don't count on us on that wednesday from four to five but uh thank you so much for tuning in this weekend as always stay in the game and off the bench have a great week we'll see you in two weeks thank you The order breakfast at the McDonald's drive-thru. Tell yourself you'll wait to eat it at work, but it smells way too good. So you eat it right there in the McDonald's parking lot meal. There's a meal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, get any size iced coffee for 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with your favorite breakfast sandwich or one of our tasty bakery treats. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it. 
News 4, working for you today at 4. You're spending a lot of time at home. Feel like it's time to redecorate. There's lots of stuff out there. Start your hunt. We'll show you how to score treasures that'll take your space from drab to fab. And you can do it on a budget without leaving home. Plus, Pad Lawson News, Leon Harris, and Sean Yancey catch you up on the day's biggest stories. And Storm Team 4 Chief Meteorologist Doug Kammerer helping you plan for the next 10 days. Working for you, today on News 4 at 4 on NBC4.